Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. God damn, I love paper like a Michael Scott. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking? <laughs> I I good, man. I I took me I had to research that online <laughs> to understand what the hell it meant. <laughs> I I knew I I so I love that album and I didn't say it like the album. God damn, I love paper like a Michael Scott. Oh shit! So you know another song, then, Candy Paint. Because yeah. then I, <laughs> I'm I'm so hip. I was like via, I was like post Malone. I was like, what? You don't is know what this? that is? And I looked up and I was like, I was shocked. I went into this hole of like discovering this guy. Dude, he has, has the most. His... He has the most popular song in the world right now. Really? Yeah. Oh, better now. Well, yeah. That's what, I, that's what I heard. It's like the most popular. I mean, he's he just won uh, uh, VMAs for Best New Artist. Okay, that explains why there are a lot of pictures of him on yachts and shit. Yeah, and he's got uh, yeah face, a lot of face tattoos. He just got new ones under his eyes that say, it says, mm-hmm. uh, I think it says, I'm always tired under his eyes. Like, he's got it tattooed permanently. Oh, my God. I'm saving up for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Face tattoos. Yeah, save that, save that money. <laughs> Dude, so I'm drinking a Kolsch. Ooh. K-O- yeah. Dude, that's one of, my, one of my favorite beers. Really? Yes. Yeah. One Why? of my favorite styles of beer. Because it's clean. It's just a clean, good mm. German ale, actually. It's just, it's a really just a good drinkable beer. That's one of my favorites. What about well, you? Let dude? me see what it looks like. Just put it to the camera. Because, oh, you don't have it. I mean, in the glass, in the glass. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it looks like, a little, uh, it's... oh, it's a little darker for a Kolsch. Mm. A little bit on the amber side. Anyway. Um, I am drinking a beer. I haven't opened it yet. It's called uh, Vincent Van Couch. Oh, shit. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's made by Odd 13 Brewing here in Colorado. I think everything I, I, I drink now is here in Colorado. Uh, and it's an American. Everything's better in Colorado. No, I, I look, get it. We, I just, it's, we get beers from out of town, but we have a, like, our liquor stores are just, like, all Colorado beers. And they're mm. good. So uh, it's fine. All I drink are Colorado beers as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Imported. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's an American sour session or session sour. Mm. So light sessionable sour. Um, yeah. So I want to thank uh, a Twitter handle for our 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 uh, what do they call catchphrases? Yes. Mm. Uh, at nothing underscore breader, but it's spelled nothing with no g and then. Bretter is B R E T T E R. I'm assuming this person's name is Brett. So there's still there's nothing Bretter. Is <laughs> my guess. Is my guess. Then him. Yeah. And I would agree. And the quote or the catchphrase <laughs> today is from a post Malone song called Candy Paint on the new album uh, Beer Bongs and Bentleys or Bentleys and Beer Bongs, one of the two. Actually, you are so knowledgeable about <laughs> Beer Bongs and Bentleys is the name <laughs> of the album. Yeah, and Candy Paint is. Uh, number 17 on, on <laughs> it's not that I have, uh, iTunes open or anything, or just listen to the song before we went on the air, but I did, <laughs> but I did, right. but I do love that album. It's very, very good. And if you like trap music, like trap hip hop, sing songy type type of stuff, you'll like mm-hmm. it. Uh, anyway, moving on. If you want to be real assholes this morning. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so moving on, uh, you should join the listen money matters community on Facebook by visiting listenmoneymatters.com slash community to send in new catchphrases for the show. And I'm pretty sure we need some catchphrases because, Hey, we got to do this every week. So 
Matt's literally singing Post Malone songs. I'm singing songs. Post Malone songs. That's how, that's how bottom of the barrel we're scraping, I hear. Okay? <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, we have a guest on today's show because we're going to talk a little bit about student loans. Uh, and I want to introduce Travis Hornsby from Student Loan Planner. Travis, how are you today and what are you drinking? I'm doing great, and uh, I'm screwing up the party because I'm drinking coconut beverage from Trader Joe's. So uh, sorry, you know, can't can't really drink before uh, noon. You know, screws yeah. up my stomach. <laughs> yeah, it's eleven o'clock somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, it's spiked with beer. I mean, that's not you know. Mm. Yeah. Vodka, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like pina colada, right? Yeah. You, you just put colada. that into yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, I also have water. So good old, good old fashioned. Colorado spring water. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, yeah. So uh, welcome to the show, man. I appreciate uh, you coming on. Yeah, it's great to be on. Sweet. Well, listen, uh, you seem to be the student loan expert. No? Would you call yourself a student loan expert? You're wearing a shirt that says student loan planner. That's the name of your website. It's studentloanplanner.com. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've personally advised over a thousand people about uh, 200 something million, 250 million of student debt, just myself, Damn. the team's more than that. So I've seen everything from people, you know, living, living somewhere else, like fleeing the country to get away from their student debt to people oh, who are like, that? oh yeah, oh yeah, we can, we can go into a really detailed strategy if, if people are interested. <laughs> you know? I thought um, you couldn't even die. You would still, it would say it would get passed down even if you died. No, I mean like, so, so I actually have some people that email me that are suicidal because of their student loan debt. It's really terrible. Oh, man, like it, 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 it rain. Yeah. I mean, it's very sad. Like it ranges from like the good stories where people are paying it down fast and getting out of debt. And it's just like this awesome educational decision they made to the depressing ones, to people who mm. are hopeless. And then to the, the, the fun ones are the people who, who figured out the strategy of, you know, marrying the Australian boyfriend and going to, you know, living, living t together in New Zealand, not having to pay any student loans in the U S. So, wow. um, yeah, yeah. So it really so spans like the gamut. The, the Aussie switch. You just find an eligible bachelor in Australia and yeah, well just just for kicks like I'll just explain how it works. So you basically say you have 200,000 of debt, right? So say yeah. say Andrew went to a veterinary school or something and so he's uh, meets meets an Aussie and they move together to, to Australia. So How old does some... this Aussie man have to be, by the way? <laughs> well, Wait, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you have to you well you have to basically just make sure that you're living in living in Australia. That's the main thing. Okay. Uh, you, you you don't technically actually have to marry someone uh, abroad. You just you know have to figure out a way to stay there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So say you're there and so say you're making seventy, eighty thousand dollars. So there's something called the foreign earned income exclusion where you can take that income and exclude it from your US taxes. And so then you could use your tax return in the US and have a zero dollar income, and then you can certify your income-driven repayment options with a zero dollar income and get a zero dollar monthly payment, presuming that most all of your student debt is on the federal system. Oh shit! And then essentially postpone paying your debt till infinity. Yes, and so you put it off for twenty to twenty-five years, right? And then what you could do is, assuming the consolidation rules are the same in twenty-five years, you could consolidate it again and get another twenty-five years. <laughs> of zero oh, payments. Oh shit! And then if you die, it's wiped away tax-free. You know, if you uh, don't, you have to pay income tax. But are they going to be able to get income tax from you if your life is in Australia? Probably not. Yeah. So uh, I mean, there, that's that's kind of one of the real extreme scenarios. Sure, <laughs> that's not sure. the, Let's the start typical. There. But yeah, <laughs> but I've had, I've had people backwards. like yeah, I've had like people like that. I've had people that are helping like you know 
uh, like oil princes in the Middle East, like that are doing that to pay back their student debt, people that are in Europe wow. and just a little bit of everything. I've had one person email me the other day. They're like, thanks so much for your advice. I decided to uh, get out of my like dental practice and move to like this northern Indian reservation uh, uh, in like Canada in the woods. And we built a cabin together with, with my husband and it's the best decision I've ever made. And I'm getting loan forgiveness because of it. And so I'm just like, yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Like homesteading. Yeah. Kind of like that, except, you know, with more debt than, you know, three mortgages, but you know, oh, man. well, like, so what, uh, what qualifies you? Did you, did you have massive student loan debt at one point and sort of, and found some sort of secret and then turned it into a business? Like what was your, what's your story there? Yeah. I mean, well, I did not, but the significant other in my life did. Ah. So, yeah. So I was, I was kind of living the life. I was a bond trader in the Northeast, you know, mm-hmm. slinging, slinging paper, but, you know, be like, Oh, I'll have a hundred million of that for the, you know, this fund and 50 yeah. million of that. And so it was, it was fun life. <laughs> well, you, well, you were that, slinging ones and zeros really, come on. We're not, yeah. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Well, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty, pretty fast lifestyle. And I met uh-huh. my, uh, my now wife who was my girlfriend when we met and she was in training and, and she had a lot of med school loans. And uh, I, I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a badass. I can make this Excel spreadsheet to model everything. It's going to be real easy, you know, just pay it back. But then I found out there's things like public service loan forgiveness. There's refinancing. There's these programs where you can pay based on your income instead of just paying it back straight up. And so it was way more complicated than I thought. And so I made this this Excel spreadsheet. And then she's like, hey, this is really good. You should talk to my friends. And so we were in a big city, a lot of people with, you know, a lot of different professional school programs. So I started helping some of our friends who were veterinarians and then some friends who were dentists and then kind of snowballed. And then I was like, wow, this is a heck of a lot more fun than making like rich people even richer. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just going to do this full time and then kind of snowballed and, you know, turn around. We've the team together has advised like 340 million of student debt the past couple of years. Wow. That's just that's so much money. That's just so much money. It's not real though. It's monopoly money. Right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I have a, I have a pretty large, I mean, the, our first question that we have, like it's pretty large. Um, when it comes to paying off student loans, like for, I mean, like, look, I don't, I'd never had student loans. Andrew, you've had student loans, right? Mm-mm, no, never. Wait, no. how, why? Uh, what, my and should I know this? Were oh, awesome. okay. And they, they, yeah, they, they saved. Made, yeah. 503B or some, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I don't even know. Okay. You don't even care. It's it's done. (laughs) You don't even use the degree. I mean, that's, that's the sad part of it too, is like, you you know, you spend all this money and you, a lot of people end up not even using the degree. Is your wife do, she, she practice medicine? Yes. Luckily. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, so, uh, we have a question out. I think this came from our community. Andrew, is that true? Yeah. 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 So the question really is, is should I invest or pay off debt or can I do both? You know, so uh, our audience, a lot of people, they want to start investing, but they also have student loans. And, you know, there's there's, you know, student loans. I, I mean, you can kind of give me the rundown here. But from my understanding, student loans, uh, interest rates are lower than what they could possibly make doing investing. So, I mean, what do you think about that? Well, it's so you know, the answer like anything is depends, but, but kind of give the rundown. So, Please. you know, if you have, yeah, if you have like private student loans at a greater than 7% interest rate, you know, you should absolutely prioritize that. I think, you know, 
kind of the 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 waterfall is like you start with getting your 401k match because that's like 100 percent return that's the best you'll ever do right at your job so, yeah yeah you do that and then you make sure you got an emergency fund so you've got 10 grand in the bank no credit card debt that's kind of like the baseline like i kind of am very uncomfortable telling people to pay down debt or invest unless that they at least are doing their 401k match they don't have credit card debt you know they got the 10k of, of uh, money in the bank okay. so assuming that assuming that you're there you know, and you have some extra funds to use, what do you use it on? So like the private student loans, that stuff's toxic if it's over, you know, like I said, a higher interest rate. So you should definitely get rid of that. Um, but so the, the, the problem with the question is like some people have debt that they should pay down and some people have debt that they shouldn't. So uh, I'll give an example, you know, like you'll see articles online, like how I paid, you know, $30,000 of student loan debt off with my like eight side hustles in four months. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that's like a typical like undergrad story. Yes. You know. And I saw and so one that, that was 98,000 in in 4 years. Yeah. Yeah, so that debt has to get paid off. I mean like the the stuff that's like less than one times your income, but the stuff that's not one times your income, maybe you would take longer to pay that off. And so then actually paying back debt can actually be a very bad decision and you should invest exclusively. So Hold on, what do you mean about this one times your income thing? Yeah. Well, so okay, so so like if you're an undergrad, right? And mm -hmm. I'll I'll kind of do like fifty thousand foot view. If you're an undergraduate, you can't borrow more than a certain amount of money because it's capped. Like so, that's why you hear most undergrads coming out with like thirty, forty, fifty thousand of student loans, but you don't hear about undergrads going to like, you know, NYU coming out with two hundred grand. The parents take out unlimited loans under the Parent Plus program. So for undergrad, most of the people that are screwed are typically parents, not the actual people. Oh. oh, does that make sense? Yeah. So like you could have mom and dad like and I've had this like, you know, be ready to retire. But oh, by the way, they had like triplets and they borrowed, you know, 100 grand for each one of them to go to a private Catholic school. And so they owe 300,000 and they're like trying to live on Social Security. Whoa, that's bad. Yeah, not good. Right. <laughs> and no. so like that's the undergrad scenario. But then for grad school, the parent plus loans don't exist anymore and you can get unlimited debt in your own name. So if you want to go to med school, dental school, law school, something like that, then you can borrow as literally as much as you want. There's no cap except for like the cost of attendance, which is like, what the heck's that? Like it can yeah. be anything basically. Yeah. And so, so that's why you hear the people who have the six-figure debt loads are typically these per people that went to professional schools. And the people who, you know, just have undergrad student loan debt, those are the ones that are, you know, like, you know, side hustling their way out of it and writing, you know, a bazillion blog posts about the story. Sure, you know? right. But that's like, but the, 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 I mean, I mean, I guess the assumption there is if you're going to go to med school, right. And you have $200,000 in student loan debt, I mean, you're making $200,000 a year, you know, coming out. Right. I mean, I have friends that went to med school and they came out making bank really, you know, like, like working as a doctor or something. Yeah. Well, here's the problem with that though. So you could come, you, if you go to a public med school that's in state, maybe you'll leave with 150 or 200, right? Yeah. But but if you go to a private med school somewhere in a high cost of living area where you know rents like three thousand a month or something, mm. then you could come out with four hundred or four fifty or five hundred thousand even. And so like med school, like that could mean like a debt of anywhere from like hundred fifty to five hundred thousand dollars. And also being a being a physician means a heck of a lot of different things too, right? So like I could be you know a pediatrician making you know one fifty. Yeah. Or I could be an or orthopedic surgeon making like 500 grand, sure. you know, and so you could 
really within one profession, you can have people that owe, you know, a, a modest amount relative to their income that can easily pay it off once they become, you know, attending physicians. And you have people that are like, how the heck do I afford like a mortgage? How do I have kids? Like, how do I pay for childcare? Yeah. Like those, those kind of things. Yeah. I mean, I've even heard of, uh, I have a friend, I think who went to a private college in New Jersey and, and came out and not, not as, as an undergrad, which I'm assuming undergrad means the first four years, right? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. You can tell I didn't go to college. Uh, <laughs> so I think he came out with 80 grand, you know, and I'm like, that's a lot. That's a lot of money for just like a regular degree, I think. I mean, because yeah. Yeah, most of my friends have like 30, 40, 50,000 dollars in debt. Are most of your clients the sort of the or the post grad people? What are they called? Uh, yeah. Like getting their master's and doctorates. Yeah, like so, our our average client has two hundred eighty-two thousand of student loans. Oh my god! And that's for about twelve hundred people. Well, all right. Wow. Let's let's. Here's what I want to do. Take us through uh, an example client. You know, I, I want to know what you recommend. And I know there's different scenarios depending on their life situation. But what is, I mean, you you you. I'm sure you have like an average story that you could tell of of somebody going through. Uh, maybe they're a hundred thousand dollars. Let's say between a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt. Like, what do you usually advise people to do? So, I'll I'll give one example. So, okay. say somebody's working for a not-for-profit or you know the government, right? Yeah. So they go to let's we'll we'll keep the med school example, and we can use a different one. But they go to med school. They're doing their residency for four years. So during their residency, they can pay maybe like $500 a month because they're paying based off of their income. There's a bunch of different income-based repayment plans. There's three major ones. It's called IBR, revised pay-as-you-earn, and pay-as-you-earn. Those mm -hmm. are the three big ones. So you pick the right plan there. You limit the payments during your training, your low-income years, to maybe like 500 a month. And then the payments go up to like basically like maybe like 1500 a month once you're making bank. And if you look at the actual payments, you might have paid like 80000 and then when when you're you've done ten years of service at a not for profit or government employer and you work full time, then you could still owe maybe like a hundred thousand left over because of you know the interest and not touching the principal balance that much. Yeah. So at that point, the government would forgive that hundred thousand dollars tax free. Okay. Right. So that's one example. So if this person is trying to minimize their payments, that eighty thousand, there's a heck of a lot that can be done. To try to figure out how to get those eighty thousand dollars of payments lowered. Okay, so hold on a second. I, I want to make sure I understand. So you're going to uh, pick a income-based repayment plan to lower the amount that you pay per month, and you're saying whatever with all the extra interest that builds up, because um, you will go into a specific profession, or it almost doesn't matter. Like if you're in medical, it, it's kind of like public service, and it gets forgiven. Yeah, well, so so it de so it depends. So if you're working for a not-for-profit or government employer, then that public service loan forgiveness program can forgive a large portion of that debt. And so that's just like one example. Like if you have twenty thousand dollars of debt, you know, and you're working for the government or not-for-profit, making like sixty, seventy k, you know, that's not going to really apply to you, right? You're you're going to pay that full loan balance off in ten years. It's you're not going to have anything left to forgive. But for people who owe the, you know, the eighty thousands, the hundred twenty, hundred fifty thousand dollars of the world that are working at not for profits, you can kind of really do some amazing stuff and cause the projected loan forgiveness the government's going to pay for you to be mo the vast majority of your balance. And so there's a lot of people actually, like one estimate said that a quarter of the entire workforce in America could qualify for this. That's a huge number oh. of people. Huh. Yeah. 
and they probably and most, don't know about it, right? Well, yeah, well, a lot most most physicians know about it because it's okay. it's been around for a few years, and so like the awareness is is being a lot, you know, it's a lot greater now, right? And that's just one plan, and that and so I had an example. I'll give you an, a, an example of this pharmacist, uh, buddy of mine. We went to college together. You know, he had two hundred thousand of student loans. He was working at a at a community, you know, pharmacy center. So that's so it was a qualifying not for profit. Yeah. He was paying t- he was paying two grand a month on his loans. Mm. I showed him that on the the revised pay as your plan, he could be paying seven hundred dollars a month on his loans, and then that amount of money would be forgiven in ten years at the end of it. Yeah. So instead of paying his loans off over ten years with like two grand a month payments, he could be paying seven hundred a month and get like loan forgiveness of like one hundred fifty grand. So and what I understand yeah. with the loan forgiveness piece is your buddy who's a pharmacist, like. Is he? He's not working for the government, or is he working? Yeah, for the he is working for the government or non not for profit. Yeah, it's one of the two, not for profit, you know, or or the government. And then, yeah, like he he heard that, and I said, and then you can take that thirteen hundred a month difference, and you can max out your uh, your four hundred one k, and then actually that'll cause your taxable income to be lower. And remember, yeah. it's income based repayment. So then oh, that causes wow. him to save like another twenty grand, and he's like, "Bro, I'm buying you a beer." No, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's all. And you're I was buying? like, that, I was like, that's it, dude. It like yeah, you can buy me a hundred thousand dollar Tesla that you don't. Have yeah, to pay. Give, me, give me a give me a Porsche, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that is, but that's really only for you know people out of college to go work for a not for profit or uh, a government job. And right. does that qualify to people who even are just undergrads that they just get their you know their bachelor's degree? Yeah, it can work for anybody, but you have okay. to be working full time, and that's when the credits. Starts. And for ten years, you have to be working for ten years. Enti- those entire ten years, yeah. It's and it's not consecutive; it can be cumulative, but 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 still, oh, okay. That's, yeah, I was but gonna say so, what happens if you get fired? Yeah, well, so so actually, like if if you got fired, let's say you like hated your life and you went to work at a private uh, sector job, right? Yeah. So yeah. let's 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 say like a, you know a lawyer, a lawyer make making like seventy thousand a year. And they've got 250 grand of debt from going to kind of like a mid-tier law school, right? So yeah. this is like a really popular example the media loves to talk about just because of the law school's like uh, crisis in you know, the legal job market. So yeah. this person paying, you know, is, is is couldn't never afford to pay like 2,500 a month to pay this thing off, right? That's that's what they'd have to pay over 10 years to pay it off. That's like half of their income after taxes. Yeah. So so what they would do is there's something called the pay as you earn program. Where they could pay maybe four hundred dollars a month, and they could do that for twenty years. And at the end of those twenty years, because they were not covering the interest payments, that two hundred fifty thousand has grown to four hundred thousand. And then the way that the rules work, if you work in the private sector, if you're not getting you know qualifying for public service loan forgiveness, then that four hundred thousand dollars is taxable income. That's a bonus, and you have to pay taxes in the year of forgiveness all at once. So four hundred thousand dollars would be taxed at maybe like a forty percent tax rate, and so he would have to write a check to the IRS all at once for one hundred sixty grand. Okay. Yeah. I I, I want to unpack that real quick because so in the previous two examples, they they worked in either public service or or for the government. This this guy is a lawyer, and at a private law firm. Private law firm. So why is he getting any forgiveness first? Right. So so this is the kind of forgiveness that applies to literally anybody. 
no matter what you're doing, no okay, matter. Okay, so there uh, there yeah. is a forgiveness tier that anyone can qualify for. Yes, yes. This this okay. forgiveness this forgiveness applies to literally anyone. It could you could be a stay at home parent. You could be working part time. You could be like living in Australia, like the thing I mentioned earlier. This, so this is this is basically you're paying based on an income driven option. One of the one of the different plans, and you're doing it for for twenty to twenty five years this time. Who offers so, these plans? By the way, the government, the federal the government, government. offers so these this plans. Is, okay. This is just for federal student loans, but because the the federal government took over student loan origination in 2010, pretty much anybody graduating from professional schools or undergrad these days has loans that are almost entirely originated from the federal government. Okay, so so to to be clear, if you have been out of school for 20 to 25 years, regardless of what you're doing with your life working, not working, private government, you likely qualify to get your student loans forgiven. If you owe a crap ton of money relative to your income. Okay, so, uh, what's so that? What's yeah. that ratio? Okay, so I typically say 1.5 to 1. So in other words, if you, you owe 150000 your income is below 100000 then this mm. strategy could work out pretty good for you. If you owe more than that, and you work in the private sector, then probably private refinancing might be the better so, option. So, if you say owed thirty, and you decided that your profession was going to be a stay-at-home mom that didn't earn anything, you uh. could qualify for almost any forgiveness. Well, you you could, except if you're married, then that income from your partner uh. would count because it's uh. household household income. So you so got to marry a poor person. So, so yes. at twenty to twenty-five years for a year, you switch to domestic partnership. Or, the, the benefit. Yeah. I mean, or what if you just go on van life? You know, you start living that van life and you travel the world. You don't both of you don't make any money. Then it, then it, but you got to do that for 25 years. Yeah. But actually, I had a couple the other day that that actually uh, decided to do divorce because of their student loans and become a domestic partnership instead. So Whoa, I had a really? boss who was based on his earnings. It made sense also to essentially become like a domestic partnership because and then you could get married again later. Right. This is yeah. just like yeah, legal... they, they, their their plan is to reconcile after the loan forgiveness. You know, oh my God. <laughs> that that's a brilliant idea. Honestly, yeah, like it, it's like pride of like stupid legal status is preventing you from saving tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's for them. It was about twenty grand per year that it was costing them to be married. Whoa, the oh, mortgage, okay. man. So, um. I'm sorry. I'm just like I'm unpacking that. Okay, so uh, now to go back to the end of your example, where you said yeah. this guy was doing low payments, grand, and had yeah, like, had like four hundred thousand in student loan debt. And so what you're saying is, if you first of all, everyone qualifies for for forgiveness, and if you do pull the trigger and take forgiveness, the amount that is forgiven is like a tax is like taxable income from the government because the government's paying it off for you. Yeah, at the end of the 20 years or 25 years, depending on what plan you choose. So the the, the reality here is this guy could do $400 a month for the uh, for the you know payments, and then he's got the 160 grand tax bomb that he's going to owe in 20 years. Well, that's something that you can use like a discount rate to figure out what amount you would need to save every month to be able to have 160 grand to write a check to the IRS with. So the so the yeah. Well, I was gonna say, so maybe a better way to look at it is not that it's like completely forgiven, but you just take four hundred thousand and you reduce it to a hundred thousand. You still owe something. Yeah, you're still uh, you're still paying something back. 
Yeah, but, yeah. But unless unless this example person uh, does really well at their private law firm and it grows and they're making you know half a million a year, then that then that doesn't he doesn't qualify anymore. Yeah, well, that's that's true. But if that's the case, then what you could do is set it up so that he gets on a plan that has interest subsidies that slashes his effective interest rate while he's poor. And then when he becomes rich, okay, then you can refinance and try to get a lower interest rate and just pay it back with one fell swoop because he's a baller. He's rich now, you know. Mm. But so what's crazy about this scenario is so to have that 160 grand, like the average American doesn't even have five grand in the bank, right? So yeah. to have that 160 grand, he's got to put like $500 a month away in a Betterment account or something like that. But what's crazy about this is like student loan debt's 1.5 trillion and 10 years ago is like 300 billion. So it's like quintupled over a very short amount of time. Yeah. And most people have these loans that aren't qualifying for this public service loan forgiveness plan. And so most people that have really high debt burdens are going to have these giant tax bombs they're, they are going to owe when their loans are forgiven. And what do you think is going to happen when all these people get, you know, 150 grand like bill from the IRS in the mail? You know, are they going to bankrupt or uh, or they go right yeah, back into the happens? same situation, right? Yeah, for, yeah, exa exactly. Piece. Well, yeah, and so instead of like a tax settlement debt or something with the IRS, it's dealing with maybe you know a few hundred, you know, few thousands of people, tens of thousands. Now they're going to have millions of people that are going to have to make payment plans with the IRS. What is that going to do to the country? I have no idea. Yeah. Uh oh. Well, uh, here's the thing. This is really freaking me out. I need to go take a break because uh, I need to calm, <laughs> calm my nerves when I think about the future of our country and, and, and just everyone owing all these student loans. It's, it's scary, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So uh, real quick, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be right back, and we're going to talk more about this. All right. We're back. Let's do this thing. Um, okay. So let's, let's, let's kind of move on to uh, – Let's assume that people don't, you know, they're, they're, they're going to, they want to pay it off fast on their own. They want to pay the whole thing. Maybe they're not, maybe it's only 80 grand or, or a, even a hundred grand, but they want to do it quickly. What's, what's the scenario there where they're, they're just like, they don't want to wait to 20, 25 years. They're working a private job. Like what, you know, they want to do that, that, that success story of paying a hundred thousand dollars off in four years. What's the, what do you tell people to do in that scenario? Well, the government charges the same interest rate to everybody, regardless if you're doing basket weaving or brain surgery. Right? Now, these so are you're, and you're only talking about government loans. You're not talking about private student loans. Well, this this part will apply to private student loans. Oh, okay. so, you know, in general, like if you if you originated a private student loan in school, it's probably at a high interest rate. And then if you're doing, you know, government loans, it's probably also at a high interest rate, like six, seven, eight percent. Okay. And that is, you know, if your plan is to pay this thing back in four years, then your credit risk is way better than what your interest rate is, right? So if you could pay it back wait, wait, to the government, wait, wait. Yeah, Un unpack yeah. that for a second. What yeah. do you mean? So, so if if basically the government sets the interest rate for everyone's loans, or private lenders are going to charge you a bunch of loans for or a bunch of interest for taking, you know, out their loan when you're in school, and mm -hmm. so when you graduate and get a job. You know, when when mortgages are like four, four and a half percent, right? When you can get a car loan for zero, those kind of things. Yes. Like six to eight percent is really too much to be paying in interest on your student loans. Absolutely. Yes. Right. And so one of the ways to get out of debt sooner is to cut your interest cost. And so refinance. So, yes, exactly. So refinance and actually like refinancing is even 
you know, there's a lot that goes on there. Like you can do it like travel hacking for credit card rewards, you know, with the bonus signups where you can yeah. get like 50,000 airline miles. So it's like on, on my site, um, we have cashback bonuses like 200 to a thousand dollars that you can get for refinancing your student loans. Huh. So you get the cashback bonus and you cut your interest rate maybe from like seven to 5%. And then uh. now you're getting out of debt, you know, way faster. And so maybe you choose a 10 year repayment term. So you've got 50,000 of debt and you choose a 10 year term and you have a $500 a month payment. And so maybe you're, you're hacking away at that thing. You got 50,000 down to 30,000. And so your interest rate on that new loan is 5%. Well, now you've got it down to 30,000. Well, now you can refinance it again, pick up another one of those cashback bonuses and choose a five-year term at like a three and a half percent interest rate. And so now you got out of debt even faster. Okay. Cause, cause the monthly costs like reduces. Yeah, like you, yeah. anytime you can yeah. get a lower interest rate, you should probably refinance. And, mm -hmm. you know, it just kind of helps the fact that, so like basically when you see online, like people trying to get you to refinance your student loans, like obviously everybody gets an affiliate bonus from that or an affiliate uh, commission sure. from that. Sure. And so, you know, matters.com slash <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so it's like, and so, and so like one Shameless. thing that's kind of cool. One thing that's kind of cool in the you know in, in the student loan world is you have a little bit of optionality as the partner to decide how much you want to give back to the reader. So with our site, basically the the strategy and the kind of the uh, goals that we have is like how do we get the best cashback bonus to the user? So yeah. we'll take less from our affiliate commission. Uh, so instead of making like you know I don't know seven hundred dollars in a student loan refinancing we might make like a hundred to two hundred bucks or something you can make seven hundred dollars in a student loan refinance as a as a yeah maybe you guys are in the wrong business you know yeah <laughs> but i mean so there's a lot of like big names I like Andrew's brain right now just yeah like, spitting uh, yeah uh, so uh, like so uh, you could oh yeah so so you can sign up like a lot of the big personal finance websites out there give zero you know cashback bonuses for refinancing student loans because they keep the whole thing for themselves right and so and, and that's fine like that's fine like their model is like oh where we give a lot of free education and that kind of thing like sure. i get it but you know i just think that if you're the end user like you want to get the best deal you know you want to shop around you want to look for the place that's giving you the great cashback bonus and then hold on to that loan for you know a year or two while you're making payments and then see if you can refinance it again to get an even better deal you know it's kind of right. like picking up an additional chase credit card to get another fifty thousand bonus miles right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, a couple of things here. One is you're telling people, or at least like in your scenario here, when they do refinance that second time, right? They, they refinance the first time, you do it for 10 years. They do a 10-year repayment plan. The second time they do it, they're not extending that repayment plan like you would like a lot of people who refinance houses right they'll they'll pay for 10 years they'll refinance and it goes back to a 30-year loan so that they lower their monthly payments you're not you're not advising that you're saying actually shorten it to five years and then get the because that gets you the lower interest rate and which may increase your monthly payments perhaps but you know it's later it's five years later you should be making more money hopefully and your but your interest rate will drop in in lieu of that yeah but was still because of that yeah, with student loan refinancing, there's no prepayment penalties, so you can always pay more than what you actually owe. And if that person, that that example that you gave, they want to pay their debt off in four years, then yeah. they're already making way more than the ten-year repayment pl plan, sure. right? They're making, and so then you might as well go ahead and get the five-year because generally the shorter uh, term you have for student loans, the lower the interest rate. Lower the interest, yeah. And now this whole idea of refinancing student loans is this relatively new because. I mean, I know companies like SoFi and Earnest, or the, I, I don't know if there's any more. I'm sure there are. Yeah. But I, I feel like these are new companies. These companies didn't exist 
five, ten years ago. No, they all started after the financial crisis, and so they they got access to cheap capital. The government was giving all these loans at six to eight percent instead of like way lower. Like before the financial crisis, student loan interest rates were much lower than they are now. Yeah, and so they just figured out that you know you could cut the uh, you could cut the interest rate a lot relative to the credit risk, and the private lender gets to make you know you know one percent more than the treasury rate on somebody that's like a physician who's like guaranteed to pay back their debt, right? Mm-hmm. So. Right. Uh, that's and really they can't attractive. Bankrupt that debt, so oh they yeah, have to pay you, it back. You're yeah. stuck. Like you, when you have student loans, you cannot get rid of them. So that's one reason why it's great to get rid of the debt if you pay, if you can. Now, like mm-hmm. the the refinancing thing that, that that makes me worried is like if you should have gone for forgiveness, then if you refinance, that's gone. That's off the table. You right. can never go back. Now and you're a private so, loan. Yeah. So I actually one of the, like the sad parts of of that sometimes is people re- reach out to me with you know five hundred thousand of student loans that they've refinanced and they're making one hundred fifty thousand dollars and I'm like hey that was like a two hundred thousand dollar like mistake yeah because 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 if they would have worked ten or even twenty years they could have got it forgiven forgiven yeah and this is not like it resets the clock like you refinance then you got ten more years it's yeah. like you refinance and that's yeah. it like you yeah to- you're done. Be ready to, get, to go. Go pick up a second job. You know you got mouths to feed now. You know, wow. And, and their banks. Should should anybody be worried? I mean, I this certainly worries me because I think sometimes I think everyone's out to get me or everyone's out for a malicious purpose. You know, uh, I know are. it's not true. <laughs> no, it can't be true. It can't be true. But these these companies like uh, these these student loan refinancing companies that are advertising, they're spending these this big money during the Super Bowl. They're they're you know clearly they got money. Is this be- and and you said it happened right after the the financial crisis? Is there a concern uh, about you know these companies sort of going under, and what what does that mean for people who have student loans with them, or or loans with them? Yeah, I mean, so actually, like even these companies that you know about, like they a lot of them don't even hold the loans themselves. Like they package them up and they sell them to investors. So if you know, so if I were to go bankrupt, like you would still be paying you know, your somebody. loan to some, somebody. Yeah. And so if you were so like, lucky for them to be bankrupt and then you didn't own a loan. Right. Yeah. Right, well, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. but does that but, mean the interest rates get, I mean, you know, cause after the, and I don't know uh, if this is, you know, I may be speaking uh, out of, out of turn here, but the idea that like, I mean, my mortgage, I, I had a mortgage, I bought my house in 2008 and that mortgage got sold like three or four times in the last, you know, five years after I sold my house. Like, and I guess that the loan never goes away. The interest rate never changes. It just keeps getting passed along to different companies. Right. Right. Yeah. So like actually when you buy the student, well, they, when they buy the student loan, they might leave it with the same loan servicer. So the same person might collect your payments, but yeah. you know, it could transfer around kind of behind the scenes without you even seeing it. But you know, you know what the thing with the refinancing companies is I actually have about eight partners. So uh, so when you're talking about somebody who would re- refinance, like who do they know about? Well, they know about like so far, that's maybe it, maybe one yeah. or two others. And so I've actually, yeah, I've seen cases where people might get like a, you know, a 5% there, but then they get a 1% lower rate somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so if you're talking about a big loan amount, then you just cost yourself like two, three grand a year in a big loan amount. And then on a smaller loan amount, that could still be, you know, still thousands of dollars. So you know, it's just, it's something that you got to be real cognizant of, you know, uh, I, you know, I think that for for anybody who's not like a four hundred thousand dollars surgeon in California that's like about to buy a mortgage, about to buy a house and get a big mortgage, yeah. like you're probably going to get a better interest rate somewhere else besides SoFi at this point. Got it. So, say say you were able to refinance with SoFi 
and you did because you got a cash bonus. Could you just refinance with Ernest and then get another cash bonus and then refinance with Laurel Road and get another bonus and just keep refinancing? I mean, you have to follow a bunch of paperwork, but literally get thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. This is a real thing that you could absolutely do. And you could refinance it multiple parts. Yeah. So like, so say, yeah, say you have the SoFi loan, right? And so you could go to Ernest and refinance like a part of it and get 400 bucks. That's like my current cashback bonus with them. And then you could do like part of it with Laurel Road. That's like 300 bucks. And then you could do part of it with Common Bond. I got a $500 bonus with them and you could split it up like that. I, I hope tons of people don't do that because like i'll probably get in trouble but you know yeah but but yeah you could you could definitely do that and then you know you could just refinance it again and you know six months to a year and you know obviously if you already had an account with them they're probably not going to come back and give you another cashback bonus right so yeah so to be clear with the strategy you would have to have (laughs) this unreasonable strategy yeah let's go he wants to go go to school and get some loans (laughs) (laughs) okay so i'm gonna go get some loans no uh but you would have to take the original loan and split it up amongst a bunch of these companies. You can't just like refinance it all with SoFi and then, and then just roll again. it all yeah. into Laurel and just be stupid about it. Well, you could you could do it all at one place, and most people choose to do that because at the end of the day, it's kind of a pain in the ass to have a bunch of different loan payments to a bunch of different places, right? right? Yeah, it's like a full time job. But I yeah. mean, like, would would Ernest refinance a SoFi loan? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Oh, okay. So, well, so that that's a good no. So that's a good strategy if you do get into a SoFi loan because you watched the Super Bowl and saw a commercial, and then you found out about Ernest, and they were like, "Well, hey, we can save you a full percentage point," and then you're like, "Oh," yeah. and you don't you're not completely fucked, right? You could just go, yeah. "Oh, I'm going to roll this into into Ernest and save myself another one percent, maybe even keep it at ten year repayment plan or whatever," because you know maybe you found out within a couple months, you know, of each other. Yeah, well, and, and to use Ernest, actually, so they were just sold for about $100 million to Navient Corporation. So that was way lower than the contributed capital to, like, the firm from all their venture capital investors. Yeah. So, like, there there is some concern, like, going back to your earlier point, that, uh-huh. uh, you know, the student loan refinancing space is so competitive right now. And the fact that, you know, they're giving these cashback bonuses even is, like, an indication of just how, how fierce the competition is for people sure. who have good credit and everything. So yeah, there's, there's absolutely going to be some companies that are going to go to our business, especially when the next financial crisis happens. Sure. So, you know, if you can lock in a lower interest rate now, it's probably not a bad idea. How, wait, I got to wait. You just, you just brought up a thing that I'm like, uh, you said good credit, right? Mm-hmm. So in order to yeah. get these loans, these, these refinancing loans, you need good credit and good income. Okay. How many college kids, do you know, coming out of college have any credit? Well, and any income. <laughs> yeah, well, so, so yeah. if you have a 650, that's the typical FICO score that they need, at least that. And so, you know, you, you probably have, you know, a 650. I mean, like, you know, unless you have like a bunch of delinquencies and, you know, defaults on a credit card, you probably have a 650. Uh-huh. And, and, then, and then you need probably, you know, 40, 50,000 of income to apply. So most people from, you know, a decent university will probably have that level of, of income. And if you don't, then you can use some of these income-based repayment strategies, some of these loan forgiveness strategies, right? So uh-huh. just because you can refinance doesn't mean you should. So it's right. just it depends on the person. But yeah, you do need to have decent, um, decent credit, decent uh, income. Otherwise, like you know, they're not going to want to give you a loan at a lower interest rate, right? Right. Yeah, okay. Um, I guess before we head out, uh, what about not refinancing and not doing forgiveness? 
Like, what's mm. the fastest way for a regular, you know, run-of-the-mill college student to pay off their debt as fast as possible? Like, what's the – I mean, like, we've all heard the stories, but, like, what's, what's the realistic scenario there? To, to get rid of the debt? I mean, well, I mean, if you're going to pay back with the government, then you're absolutely going to pay higher interest. So okay. all things all – things, so, like, there's basically no scenario where you could get out of the debt faster, you know, if if – you you don't refinance if you're paying back nothing. government loans. Uh, yeah. yeah, but like, I mean, there's could, well, like, like, all right. For example, can you like, do, you know, the side hustle game is mm-hmm. overpaying an option? Absolutely, and it should be. Yeah, okay. so that's 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 a great point. So the fast the fastest way is make more money. <laughs> right, make like, more or put more money to, put more money towards your student loans. Yeah, I'll say and I'll say two things in addition to that. Don't go sign up for a really big. Uh, you know, house payment or a, you know, a lease and some fancy, you know, condo in the middle of the downtown. And then mm. also don't sign up for a new car loan. Those are the two things actually that I found over a thousand people that wreck people's finances, hold them back, keep them from paying off debt. It's almost always either cars or housing. Okay. So they, you know, let's say they rent a, a house uh, or yeah. a rent an apartment uh, and how do you deal with the car situation? Like, what do you, what's another option that usually, you know, if they need a car to get around to get to work, what's the option sure. other than t- getting out a loan or something? Yeah. Well, so like for, for the renting situation, you got to have roommates, you know, you can okay. live in a fa- as fancy a place as you want, but you want to have roommates or you want to be, you know, if you're living with your significant other or that kind of thing, splitting yeah. rent, like that's really yes. important. And then the other thing with the, the car situation is you can buy a $2,000 Honda Civic in cash on Craigslist that runs great right now, like anywhere okay. in the country. And so if you buy that, you can drive around the you know 30-mile radius where you live, and then you can go rent a car from like you know Enterprise or Hotwire or something like that if you have long-distance trips for something that's more reliable. So if you want something even more reliable than that, you, know, you can probably have like $5,000, you know, that you can spend on a car, but like almost anybody, if you're careful with your money, could get 2000 cash to go buy it like a Honda Civic with. But what most people do is they get the new job. They're like, oh, 0%, 0% so good. I'm, a, yeah. I'm an amazing, you know, consumer. They must love me. And they go to the, the car place, you know, and then they don't understand that like, you know, they're baking in an additional, you know, $5,000 profit margin to get the 0% loan to like make right. you feel special. Right. And so then they just signed up for like a, you know, $400 a month car payment. And then, you know, they're underwater in the thing. And so then you know, they've got 10 or 15% of their disposable income going to cars instead of, you know, you know, just gas and that's it. Yeah. So say I listened to this episode and I was like, that all sounds great. But I just, this is a lot of work. I don't want to do any of it. I just, yeah. Can, can, Travis, can you do it for me? Can they like go to you and just be like, Travis, I have a sickening amount of debt, just your problem? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's like the other way we make money. The refinancing is one path. And then we do the making plans for people, custom plans to get them out of debt as fast as they can. So, so if I have yeah. like 150000 in student loan debt, um, how much would it cost me to have Travis whip up a bunch of spreadsheets and like just figure my shit out? Well, it'd be it wouldn't be with me, but it'd be with one of my team members at that debt level. Mm-hmm. It's two ninety five at that debt level. You know, one so time? I, I yeah, one time flat fee. Yeah, that would be if you have one hundred fifty. So I have like a team of folks that work with me, and you know we kind of segment it by debt level. So I actually <laughs> I actually pretty much only do debt consultations over four hundred thousand now. And, you know, we've got teams like CFP, and CFA. And there's still people that you talk to? Like, oh, there like are people five, like that, that? Yeah, like five to ten times a week. 
<laughs> oh my Ooh. god. Yeah, wow. I've had three I've had three people with a million. What? Whoa. In student loans? Yeah, dude. Oh my what god. What do they what do they do for a living? Uh are they like brain surgeons and lawyers and they're, like Yeah, no, they're they're dentist poets. <laughs> oh, that is Yeah. No, I, that would that, so would, like, that would do it. They, they they like they went to like undergrad somewhere really expensive, and then yes. they went to like dental dental school really expensive, and picked up like five hundred fifty thousand there, and then they went to like a residency program to become an orthodontist, and took out another three hundred thousand, and they put the whole thing into forbearance for three years. Uh, what's forbearance? Does that mean like it you don't have to pay it for three years? Yeah, so like actually most so the colleges only get punished if they like have somebody default within three years of graduation. And so income-based repayment like takes an explanation, it takes paperwork, but forbearance, all you got to do is say like, I'm poor, put, you know, help me not make payments. And like, it it takes like a minute. Right. And so actually all these colleges have hired all these like consultants, not, not stuff that I do, but like, you know, these private groups to call all these struggling borrowers and they put them into forbearance. Forbearance lasts a maximum of three years and then you're no longer allowed to use it and you're required to make payments. And so like there's a couple pieces that came out in like the New York Times recently that like conveniently like the default rate like skyrockets like right after the tracking period for the government to determine whether or not they get to keep financial aid. So like the colleges are literally paying to save their own asses and they don't get literally screwing all of these students. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and instead, and as they could be in like an income-based program, getting subsidies, getting forgiveness but credit, they don't that kind of thing. For it anymore because they but, did forbearance. Well, they no, they just they just don't. They just have an additional like three more years that they have to do it because the forbearance doesn't count towards anything. Oh, so it's basically shit. the the forbearance like compounds the interest. It pushes the can down the road, you know, and then they have to deal with it kind of on their own once the consultant that the college hired, you know, is kind of off the books. And so it, one one thing you'll see is like graduate schools have very low default rates because people are really educated and they at least know to get into like income-based repayment. But the mm-hmm. percentage of people actually paying down their balance might be like a tiny percent. But the government looks at that and doesn't track like how much people are actually paying down. And so they're like, wow, this is so good. This is such a success. You know, we should give these colleges more money. And then like, you know, the, <laughs> you know, like the colleges, like they manage the statistics so that they stay off of the radar of the government. And so like they can charge anything they want because they just put it all under forbearance and the, the people don't, you know, and then they like are on their own and they all default. And like, so that's why we have like, I don't know, 16% default rates or something like that. God. Oh my God. So, all right. I have, I have one more question for you. So I'm like, I have like a million dollars in student loan debt because I'm like the worst basket weaver ever. Um, and I, I go, Hey, Travis, uh, you're, can you just do this all for me? You're like two ninety five. Like on average, how much do people save? Like how much can you save people? Well, yeah. So if it's if it's over four uh, four hundred thousand, it's it's five ninety five. If it's between two hundred and four hundred, it's four forty nine. Right. Okay. So if we it's charge a million. Like, it's like ten thousand dollars. No, I wish I it's it's still it's, it's still five ninety five. If it's a million, it's, a, it's your firstborn. That's what it is. Yeah. No. So okay. <laughs> so so on Travis. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. No. So 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 the average the average client that we work with like over their you know t- life of their loan repayment right not like one year savings. Um, over projected. So it's like under all these rules that, you know, could change, but it's under the rules that exist now, $62,000. Wow. I thought right. that was like the average size of a student loan. That's what it yeah. sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Well, so 282,000 is our average debt size, about 62,000 average savings, right? So maybe yeah. about 20, 20 to 25% of the loan size. So for somebody with a million, you yeah, know, geez. if they have a lot of, a lot of stuff that they're screwing up, we probably would save them a couple hundred grand. 
Um, Damn. Yeah. Yeah, studioloanplanner.com, yo. <laughs> yeah, I was good. Dude, I uh, so I mean, thanks for coming on and telling us all this stuff. And yeah, you just said it, but where where can people really like find more about you and and what you offer? Sure. I mean, so we have like on studioloanplanner.com, we have a contact but like little button on the bottom right. So just click that and like shoot us a note. Yeah. Um, my my email is Travis at studioloanplanner.com. People really want to reach out to me. Like that's cool. My, yep. um, you know, it takes me a little bit longer to get back these days than it used to. <laughs> That's a good thing. Good problem, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just reach out, like, sure, whatever's going on uh, in your life. Try to get lower interest rate. Like, And just one thing that I, I want to say is, like, no matter how bad it is, like, no matter how bad of a situation you think you're in, I guarantee you that there's, like, something, there's hope for you. Like, you can, you can improve yeah. things. You can get something consolidated. Like, I had somebody that was, like, really, really depressed the other day. We, we got her situation fixed, like it's it's all there's always hope there's always you know a, a, the light at the end of the tunnel like don't feel like this thing is just going to kill your kill your life you, just, you yeah. have no options like that's that's like the scary stuff and uh -huh. so you know i just want to make sure that if anybody's listening that's ever felt any kind of like negative emotion like you know depression or even like suicidal level feelings you know definitely there's there's better better op options out there and i will say to add to that uh, i always feel better when i do the math yeah. You know, when you when you see it on paper and you do the math and you and you it, it always is more comforting when you think about it, when you have no math and you're speculating, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Like, you know, somebody the other day was like, well, it still sucks. Like I still have to pay like six hundred dollars a month for like twenty five years. So I'm pissed at that, yeah. like, that I made this decision as a twenty seven year old that would affect me the rest of my life. <laughs> of course. But. I feel a hell of a lot better that I actually know what the heck I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, you have a plan yeah. in place. Yeah. And, yeah, and you have a strategy, and you know you know the numbers, and it's something you can you can hang your hat on. Exactly. Cool. At the end of well, the day, you need a plan. Yeah. Well, Travis, thank you so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, totally. And if you guys missed anything in this episode, we're gonna have everything in the show notes, so don't worry about that. Uh, Travis's information will be there. Links to Travis's site. And, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, links to uh, all the st student loan refinancing affiliate links. You can click on ours. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so uh, please uh, just visit our uh, our website or whatever podcast app you use. Just go to listedmoneymatters.com slash show. That's where all the show notes will be. And please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts. Okay, that could be Overcast, Spotify. Travis, what's your, what's your podcast app of choice? Podcast Addict. A podcast Addict? Yeah, it's I don't even know what it is, but but I've been using it for a while. Well, it's there like you go. an Android one. Yeah. Well, okay. So subscribe on Podcast Addict. Uh, that would be a good one. And uh, please tell your friends about us. Point them to your favorite episodes. Maybe you have student loan debt, and maybe this is your favorite episode of all time. And hopefully, your friends will also become subscribers. You guys can have conversations and uh, you know, uh, friends who uh, plan together. Uh, also save money together there you go i, was, <laughs> I, I, was I couldn't for think of anything half. either i was like <laughs> and spend, yeah and, sp and spouses that plan together might realize they need to split up you know live in sin <laughs> yes <laughs> temporarily to, to temporarily to, you know, to, to save their student loans and then come back together <laughs> in peaceful harmony domestic partnership all of those good things uh <laughs> if you missed something in this episode uh again you can uh join our listen money matters community on facebook and we can continue the conversation there it's free. It's totally free. You can just go to listenmoneymatters.com slash community, and it'll take you right to Facebook. You can just sign up on your phone, on your laptop, on your iPad, and whatever. And actually, every month, there's a way that we could pay you. We're like doing like uh, oh. competitions and stuff. You hear that? 
there's competitions and contests happening within the community. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, just by being a subscriber and a member for totally free, you might actually make money. That is that is a brilliant yeah. marketing strategy, Andrew. Way to go. Okay. Yes. If you have any <laughs> uh, if you have any questions or topics about this or anything else and you want us to talk about it here on the show, please email us those questions and topics uh, to listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And all the tools and resources we normally mention on this show are available at our website, listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. And Travis, thank you once again for coming on. Really appreciate it. A lot of insight. Uh, I, you know, Andrew and I don't have student loans, but I'm sure a lot of people out there do and, and really appreciated your information. I can anytime. Cool. Thank you so much. All right, guys, that's it. Later, Andrew. Later, man. Please tell your friends about this show. (laughs) 